Data shows wait times for PSEG Long Island's call center spiked 1,500 percent in 2022. Customers waited an average of just over nine minutes to get a hold of a rep from the utility company. The average wait time in 2021 was only 33 seconds. The average wait time in 2023 is predicted to be between three and four minutes. But Long Island Power Authority trustee Lorraine Harris says that's not good enough. The forecast is horrendous. So again, this seems to me like poor planning. Uh, you know, it just seems to me this is just not acceptable for our customers. LIPA is blaming the issues on staffing challenges and the end of a pandemic era shutoff moratorium last year. 25 new agents joined PSCG Long Island in January and 30 others will assist through June to meet the demand. You're listening to After All Things, WSHU's daily news update from the Connecticut, New York region. Governor Lamont wants to increase competition between health care providers. A majority of Connecticut's farmers say they'd use this solar technology. And is our region ready for the fourth industrial revolution? Those stories and more are coming up. I'm Sabrina Garone. Governor Lamont wants to lower health care costs in Connecticut, proposing legislation to reduce extra charges and increase competition between providers. WSHU's Molly Ingram has more. Lamont says increasing competition between health care providers will lower costs for patients. He wants to make sure nobody has to ration their medication to save money. I've heard about folks that can't afford to take the basic precautions, get that test, take the pharmaceuticals you need to keep you safe. And uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And we're making a terrible mistake in this country by forcing people to make those choices. Lamont says his legislation will also focus on making health care more affordable for employers. His House bill has been referred to the Public Health Committee and his Senate bill has been referred to the Insurance and Real Estate Committee. Molly Ingram, WSHU News. A survey of Connecticut farmers finds a majority are willing to consider planting solar arrays alongside their crops. WSHU's Shelley Hassman Kadish explains. The poll of 175 Connecticut farmers in all eight counties was conducted by the American Farmland Trust and produced in conjunction with Michigan based AgriSolar Consulting. They found that farmers would consider putting up solar arrays, which are grouped together to form solar panels, if they can continue to use the land for agriculture. The concept of dual use for fields is getting some attention nationally, as some farmers in states including Massachusetts, New Jersey, and Oregon are taking part in experimental programs. Shelley Hassman Kadish, WSHU News. Connecticut's Attorney General's Office and the State Department of Consumer Protection have stepped in to help residents of a mobile home park in Killingworth. Beachwood Community Mobile Home Park is owned by Sun Communities, a billion-dollar publicly traded real estate investment trust headquartered in Michigan. Attorney General William Tong says residents at Beachwood are being treated unfairly they're paying ever more money. The rent's only going up dramatically, but the services have gone down. And so you've got people who don't have a lot of money. They don't have the ability to pay for repairs out of pocket. 
when they depend on Beechwood and Sun communities to keep, for example, the septic system and the sewage system operational. And we're hearing that sewage is backing up into people's homes and it's very unsafe and unsanitary. Tong says his department will use the full weight of the law to make Sun communities comply with their legal obligations. He also wants the state general assembly to pass a bill to cap the amount of rent increases for mobile home parks in the state. Connecticut businesses face fresh competition as manufacturing technology rapidly evolves. More on that is coming up after headlines and a message from our supporter. Support for After All Things comes from Hartford HealthCare. More COVID vaccine answers at hartfordhealthcare.org slash vaccine or 833-621-0600. New York has permitted a facility in Medford to haul over 1,900 tons of trash off Long Island by rail. The facility would be run by Peconic Environmental Services and Gershwin Recycling, which already operates a scrap metal recycling plant there. Other proposed transfer stations are near residential communities. The goal of the project is to replace the Brookhaven landfill when it stops accepting construction debris by the end of next year. AG William Tong is calling on lawmakers to introduce bank reforms after last summer's merger between People's United and the Buffalo-based M&T banks. Since the merger, his office has received over 400 complaints. The proposal, if approved, would give the state attorney general power to enforce state laws to protect consumers from deceptive practices, even if the banks are based in a different state. New York seniors have one week left to apply for enhanced star property tax exemption this year. The State Department of Taxation and Finance recommends seniors apply by the March 1st deadline as roughly half a million seniors in New York saved a combined $800,000 from the exemption last year. Artificial intelligence, cloud computing, robotics, it's all part of what's being called the fourth industrial revolution. Connecticut's small businesses will need to adjust and fast. Colleges and universities around the state are preparing students as well as those already in the workforce. Erica Phillips is an economic development reporter with the Connecticut Mirror. She spoke with WSHU's Davis Donovan about how Connecticut plans to keep up. Hi, Erica. Hi, how are you? Good. So you say tech is changing manufacturing in Connecticut and businesses are struggling to keep up. How so? Yeah. So, you know, tech is changing everything. Broadband's getting faster and faster. We've got AI chatbots falling in love with the New York Times reporters. We've got manufacturing sensors telling you when something's broken on a machine and what needs to be fixed. And across the board, basically, you name it, what you see changing in your everyday life is also changing on the on the factory floor. And what that means for businesses is it's a lot of new stuff to learn and it's a lot of new machinery to consider buying, consider investing in. And then it's a lot of new skills and talent that they need to go out and find. So 
This is a really big shift. You know, it's being referred to as the fourth industrial revolution. This is bringing big changes to manufacturing. Mm-hmm. You know, in your article, you mentioned a few Connecticut colleges and universities with programs that are training students to work in this new tech industry, this new fourth technological revolution. Can you tell us about those? Sure. So there are programs that exist in Connecticut to train folks. But what you hear from folks in the industry is that it, it there just needs to be more. There needs to be more available certificate programs, two-year associate degree programs to get people up to speed who can basically, as all this new machinery and technology comes along in the manufacturing sector, people who can who can fix it, who can troubleshoot it, who can build it. These are technicians and up to engineers who have that expertise. And you can imagine, you know, when my brand new computer iPhone comes along with all its new technology, I sure don't know how to fix it if something goes wrong, right? I have to go find a person. And that same thing is happening for anyone who uses advanced machinery in manufacturing. And so there is a huge need for training programs for people who can do that. And in a lot of cases, it falls to states and and public universities and private colleges and universities to get those programs set up. And so state to state, you have kind of different level of investment and interest in getting these programs going. And it's it's another way that states are kind of competing with each other at this point. There's a sense that kind of whoever can get people up to speed and trained in this new kind of paradigm for manufacturing is going to win that economic development to their state because they're going to have the people to do it. That said, it's no surprise that, you know, as you say, by 2030, the state labor department predicts jobs in the industrial, mechanical, and the electronic engineering field will rise by more than 20%. Can you talk a little about what that statistic means for the state's workforce and how the workforce needs to change? Sure. Yeah. This was a report late last year, just in the number of STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics careers that are going to grow in Connecticut. And again, it has everything to do with everything we've been talking about, right? New technology, new skills in engineering. And so given just the changing nature of industry, you know, it calls for a big change in how we think about higher education certificate and and two-year programs. Thanks so much for joining us, Erica. Erica Phillips is the Connecticut Mirror's economic development reporter. For the latest news from Long Island and Connecticut, you can listen on the radio or anytime online at WSHU.org or with the WSHU app. After All Things is supported by Hartford HealthCare. And whether it's news, classical music, or podcasts like this one, it's all made possible with the generous support from listeners like you. So thanks for listening and for sharing this podcast with your friends. I'm Sabrina Garone. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow.